If you're able to stand, would you stand for the reading of God's inerrant and infallible word? Jesus speaking to his disciples shortly before he encountered the great opposition, the final opposition to him at Jerusalem, said these words. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and where I go you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. What the world needs to know. Today's message is about what what the world, and by that we always mean the people of the world, needs to hear. But I'm fully aware that it is also a message that the world does not want to hear. We live in a time when as one member jokingly said that support me if I lose my job. And I know others of you work in situations where your Christian faith is suppressed and your expression of it is suppressed. I was sharing with Bible study a few uh, weeks ago about uh, a little boy who who came into a teacher's classroom with one of my members, a great Christian lady, and he said, Teacher, I have found a piece of paper blowing on the, on the school grounds, and, and I think it has something to do with me, but I don't know what it means. And he handed her the scrap of paper, and it was a piece torn from the Bible. It happened to be from the book of Job, and, and she read it to him, and, and then she put her job on the line. She said, Do you know what this comes from? He says, no, ma'am. She says, it's from the Bible. Do you know what the Bible is? He said, no, ma'am. Now, this is on the buckle of the Bible belt. No, ma'am. And she says, well, I'm going to tell you. And she reached into her desk and took out her Bible, and she read that passage that was in Job, showed him where it was, and then she read him some other key passages, particularly passage about believing in Jesus. If that had been discovered... I assure you, she would have been called into the office. We are living in a day where the world does not want to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. You better get that through your head. It is no longer that the world is merely indifferent, as it was for years, to the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it is now hostile to it. 
The gospel of Jesus Christ is a message that the world does not want to hear. And I'll tell you why the world does not want to hear it. The world in which we live today, the dominant influence is secularism, and the dominant influence of secularism is Satan. We are living in an age in America, and it's even worse in Europe, where the gospel of Jesus Christ is an offense to the world. And we see it in so many places. Sadly, we see it in the church even. There are churches in this very city that contradict what the Bible teaches. And they don't contradict it out of ignorance, but out of intention. Because they believe the Bible is out of date. We have churches here, the the mainline Presbyterian church at its official levels, um, uh, the Episcopal church at its official levels, the United Church of Christ at its official levels deny what the Bible teaches about human sexuality. They deny what the Bible teaches with regards to being marriage as for a man and woman, and they have so expanded it now that it is almost unimaginable what they believe in and teach. And our young people are subjected to these same teachings in the Bible. They're being taught that homosexuality and trisexuality are natural op. We should not hurt people's feelings by telling them otherwise. I had a great professor, Dr. Raymond Lucas. He was an agnostic. I tried to bring him to Christ. Never was able to bring him to Christ, as far as I know. Uh, but he was an agnostic, but he was once asked at a, at a symposium if, if uh, homosexuality was unnatural. That's a question of importance. And he said, any practice which practice universally would lead to the abolition of the species is unnatural. Now, this is coming out of the mouths of a non-believer. But it makes perfect sense. And yet we are so crazed and so caught up today in centering our lives on ourselves and on what we want that we will not acknowledge that at times we want what God does not want. And there are churches that support and encourage the freedom of abortion. Abortion is nothing less than murder. And two bad choices don't make a good choice. And there are churches that support that. Now I want to say over the radio, if there are any listening that are a part of a church that does support that, you are not honoring God by remaining in that church. If you're going to honor honor God, separate from that church. Go to a church that teaches the Bible, that honors the Orthodox Christian faith. Because if you're giving any support to anything other than that, you're serving Antichrist. I'll probably get some hate mail over this. That's fine. I've got hate mail lots of times. But, But 
friends, the world, get it through your head, does not want to hear the gospel. The secular world, even worse than the apostate churches, are doing all they can to suppress it. I know people personally who have lost their jobs because they put Christ as the first priority in their life. I know them. There was a time in America when even those who were not Christian had decency to respect Christians' belief. I, I, I happen to differ with the beliefs of Islam and Hinduism and all the other religions. But I'm not going to punish in the workplace people for being a part of those faith traditions. Now, if I'm in the workplace with them, I'm going to challenge them and encourage them and ask them questions to lead them to Christ. But, but they have a right to that. Everybody has rights in America today except evangelical Christians, and don't you doubt it. Don't you doubt it. And this is a whole part of a movement we see expressed in many people, but at the heart of that movement, pushing that movement, we know, is the prince of darkness. You see, we live in a world that doesn't believe in spiritual warfare today, you know. People make mistakes or they're badly influenced by their environment. Or but, but, you know, there's no such thing as an active force of evil in the world. There certainly is. As C.S. Lewis said, the devil has got you when you believe he no longer exists. Now, the point I'm saying this today to you is that I believe we are living in a time of the great falling away. You know, Europe, for all practical matters, has already been de-Christianized. Um, I mean, I don't know if you all read the news from Europe or not. Some of you don't even read the news from here. But, but, uh, but the, the, if you read the news in Europe... Uh, uh, the liberties being given to non-Christians and the, and the protection being taken away from Christians is astounding. Christianity is fast becoming the oppressed religion of the world. But in order to understand this, I want you to hear what the Apostle Paul has to say. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of the Lord and our gathering together in him, we ask you not to be shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit, by word, or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. See, they were believing he'd already come. And let no one deceive you by any means, for that day, he's talking about the return of the Lord, capitalized day, will not come unless the falling away comes first, and then the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition who upholds and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. Think about what he just said. Of all that is, is, is called God or that is worshipped. So that he sits in as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember all the things that I told you? And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he, that is the Lord, who restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one 
will be revealed. What Paul is telling the church there is that, that uh, you know, there were some going about saying the Lord's already come, and he says, that's not true. He says, I want you to understand that, that the Lord will not come until there's been this great falling away. And dear friends, I have to say, as I honestly look at the world, if I honestly look at the world today, there is a great falling away. On the Muslim holy day this week in England, there were more Muslims worshiping than there are Christians worshiping in the churches today in England. Think of that. And I'm certain it's true of the same if we did a study in France and Germany. A great falling away. People being instructed not to wear crosses to work. A great falling away. And it's happening here in the United States as well. As we see politicians running all over themselves to not be thought close-minded, to not be thought lacking diversity because they express their faith in Jesus Christ. Just like the Secretary of State, our nominated Secretary of State this week, was put to the test by a congressman or a senator from Maryland because he upholds the traditional views of Christian marriage. That may cost him being the Secretary of State. A great falling away. And I think that that should bring to we believers who know the Lord a great sense of urgency to proclaim what Jesus proclaimed in today's text. What is the way to life and what is the way to true meaning and what is it? The world has many answers, but the church of Jesus Christ and all faithful believers have but one answer. Jesus is the way. Now what does it mean to say is the way? Jesus is the way. J.B. Phillips in a modern translation of the scriptures, and I read all kinds of translations and don't always agree with them, but, but, uh, but I think that he touches a core of truth that helps us understand it. As, as Jesus expressed, I am the road. I'm the way. I'm the road. And you know when you're on the right road if you're following him. You know that you're in the way if you're following him. You know that you're in the way if you strive to keep your steps in line with your Savior. I am the truth. Pilate asked Jesus the question, what is truth? And Jesus gave him no answer. You remember that? He didn't give him an answer because Pilate, he knew Pilate inside out. He knew Pilate was not concerned about what the truth was. Pilate was concerned about what can get me out of this difficult situation where I've got the danger of revolt on one hand and the Roman Caesar looking at me the other to see how good I manage things. That's what he was interested in, finding an answer to do both that. And, but let me tell you what truth is. The op- you can understand things by their opposite. The opposite of truth is what? False. Jesus being the truth means that he is our criteria for understanding all things. What is right and what is wrong. 
What is the way our heart ought to be directed? What is the spirit we ought to care about us? That is found in Jesus, who teaches us to love, even to love our enemies. These people are trying to do us in, even to love them. He teaches us the truth of what marriage is about. For this cause a man shall leave his parents and a wife leave hers and the two shall become one. He didn't say Charles and Robert. He said man and woman. Now I know that's unpopular to say today. And they're going to call you hate-filled. But let me tell you something. The people that hate, really hate people who really don't love them are those that will not tell them the truth to preserve their own comfort and acceptability. What is the truth about dealing with wealth? Jesus said, uh, give with generosity and purity of heart. And he told the story of the poor widow who came to the temple. All she had was two pennies. And he said she gave more than all the crowns. He's talking about purity of heart. He's the truth. He's how we know what is right and what is wrong, what is false and what is true. And then he went on to say, I am the life. Let me tell you something, folks. The whole world is looking for happiness. Do you know that? The whole world, everybody said, I just want to be happy. Happiness is the world's God today. And that's why if, if there's any kind of monetary thievery that they don't get caught at that leads to them having more money, that's why they'll do it. That's why if, if, if it means that uh, me testifying to a Christian faith is going to cause me social problems and pain, uh, we won't do it. That's, so they're really looking for happiness, you know. And, uh, and let me tell you something. I tell people this personally, conversing with them, people that don't know the Lord. I tell them all the time, apart from Jesus, there is no happiness. Every relationship, everything a person owns is temporary. Do you know that? You tease me about my funeral. That's going to be a great day for Gerald when you all gather here for that. Because life, it's, I'll tell you one thing, one thing for sure about physical life, it's terminal. You hear me? It's terminal. Live your life, whether you're young or old, in light of the reality that the physical life does not last forever. For those of us, as we get enough squeaks and pains and troubles, that's good news. (laughs) But let me tell you this. There is a life, but it's found in only one place. There is a life that faces troubles and difficulties in this world without a fear because we know that we belong to one who has overcome the world. There is that place where where one has life even when everyone hates you. There is a place. No, there is not a place. There is a person that gives you life abundant. I pastored for a number of years in the ministries in a very poor mountain community. The kind of people I grew up with. 
I'll never forget talking to an old lady out under an apple tree one day. We were shelling October beans. I'd stopped to make a visit. She was poor as Job's turkey. I kid you not. I bet you she did not have $5 cash to her name at that moment. Filled with joy in the Lord, though, she really knew the Lord. If you want a lesson about the Lord, just sit down and talk to her. You'd get one. But the name of a very rich man in the area came up, and she says, You know, preacher, I feel so sorry for him. He's got all kinds of troubles having to worry about that money because I know that's what he lives for. She knew him. I feel so sorry for him. He does not have what I have, and I wish he did. Now, you can take that to the bank. The only real life that sustains you in every moment throughout life And until life comes to an end is the life in Jesus Christ. And you know the world does not want to hear that. Because that means the world will have to give up itself to live. Jesus said, now not me, Jesus said, whoever tries to save his life, that is in in other words, to control it and have it for yourself and what you want. Whoever tries to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses it for my sake shall find it. For Christ to be the truth and the way and the life means that he becomes truly our all in all. What's your hope? My hope is Jesus. My hope is Jesus. Because you know what? When these trials and tribulations are over, I'll still have Jesus. But better than that, Jesus will have me. And the world needs to know that. The world needs to know that all of its efforts to find happiness and meaning and joy apart from Jesus Christ are doomed to failure because God Almighty says it is. This world will pass away in a flash. God says to place your hope in those things are futile. The Apostle Paul, if you read on later in this passage of Thessalonians that I read to you, tells the people there in the churches, he says, 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 and after all these things, be able to stand. How are we able to stand tribulations? How are we able to stand the, the, the vices of those that are falling away and the things they direct against us? We stand by standing in and on Christ. Are there any people of the world listening to me today on the radio, maybe even in this room? Any person listening to me who places their hope and joy in something that they want to do or that they can attain, please wake up.
Those who want to be enemies of the gospel, please wake up. Your efforts are doomed. For Jesus is coming again. And, but he has give us, given us adequate warning before he comes to know that if we want to see God. I was so heartbroken this week. I, I read in, the, in, in one of the religious news services I read that uh, one of the pastors of a, and he may have just been speaking in a confused manner or not, but one of the pastors of one of the great Baptist churches I've always respected said that uh, Christians should not think that they alone something to that effect, are the only ones that are worshiping God. Other people are worshiping him too. Uh, that's spiritual confusion. As I've told you before, all gods are not the same. Every god except the God Jehovah that created the world, every god except him revealed fully in Jesus Christ, every god except him who is the Holy Spirit, all one, every other god than those are false and idolatrous. Muhammad is not going to get you to heaven in his teachings. Allah is certainly not because Allah is not, a, not truly God. And that Marietta of gods of Hinduism, if you think that, that everybody worships the same God, sit down and study just within Hinduism alone and you'll see that's not true. And it made me sad. But be you clear. The only way to have true fellowship and salvation Son and daughtership with God is through Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ alone saves. There is no other way. There is no other truth. There is no other life than the Lord Jesus Christ. And what the world wants to hear that the church of Jesus Christ must be faithful in announcing that. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. Yes. Now we need to do that in our personal lives yes. to those we meet. To those who don't know Christ. To those that have been deceived. To those who are so self-focused they can't see anything else. Lots of them around. You see, we had a great Bible study last week, both of them. It's a sad thing that you all don't come to Bible study. Most of you sitting in this room do not come to Bible study. And you are spiritually impoverished because of it. And you're not able to be the blessing that God wants you to be because of it. And we learned a beautiful lesson this week. It's in the passage of, of, of the fifth chapter of Matthew that immediately follows the, where Jesus is teaching about uh, um, the enemies and how we're to deal with the enemy. And how we're to deal with suffering for Christ's sake. And we come to that teaching and he's telling the disciples and he's telling us. He said, you're the salt of the earth. Now true salt makes a difference. It makes a difference with everything that it comes into contact with. 
It heals, it preserves, it does all kinds of things. He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if you've lost your saltiness, you're of no use. Think about that. And then he went on to say, and church, hear me. He's talking about Lakeview. He's talking about you and me. He goes on to say that, that you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hid. The world's dark today. It needs light. Do you know that? You got friends and family. Their lives are dark and they need light. He says, but no man takes a candle and lights it and puts it under a basket. Doesn't give any light. Nobody can see it. Does have no effect at all. You know, we have this room be dark and we got a candle up here and we put a, put a basket over it and it becomes completely dark. You know, he says, no one takes the light. What is the light? Jesus. No one takes the light and puts it under a basket, but rather they put it on a candlestick that it would give light to the whole room. You know, we take these beautiful candles here, but the higher you lift them up, what? The more light it throws. You know, ever notice that? You're the light of the world. The world needs to hear from you. Janice, they need to hear from you when you're cutting the hair of a person who you know down deep's heart's not where it ought to be. Bobby, when you intermingle with your friends, I know you got some that really don't know the Lord. They need the light, don't they? I mean, I could say that to every one of us, couldn't I? Even in our own families, there's some that need the light, don't they? And yet, do we bring it? Do we bring it with joy and gladness as a testimony of praise unto the Lord and the testimony of our love for them? The world does not want to hear what you've got to say. Understand that as you go out. But that's not the issue, is it? The issue is that we not be intimidated and put the light under a bushel. As an old mountain preacher I loved, he's now with the Lord. used to say, tell about Jesus everywhere you can, every time you can, and wherever you are, tell about Jesus. person comes to you with troubled and broken heart who may not be a believer. Show them the love of Jesus. And listen to them. And look for God to give you the point of saying, my Jesus can help you. Sometimes that's all it takes. The world does not want to hear what we've got to say, but it's, the desperate, it's desperate really to hear it in this sense that it is in a desperate situation and does not know it. Like a person walking around 
with a disease that cannot, can be cured, but they are not aware they have the disease. Terrible place to be. Jesus will heal that broken relationship with God. Jesus will reveal to them what true life is all about. Church, world, hear this. As long as I'm the preacher here, and as long as we've got the godly deacons leading this church that we have had since I've been here, praise the Lord, that message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to be proclaimed that he is the way, he's the truth, and he is the life. Take our life, we shall still preach it. Let's give the world what it doesn't want, but what it desperately needs. Amen. Amen. God bless you.